0: Okay, welcome to Harsha's Baloiska. And uh, two weeks ago, uh, when we had our share we made it for Fu Shleimer for Chai Freida Gittel Bas Libi Unfortunately, Unfortunately, uh, in that time, she passed away, and uh, today we make the shir Lezech and the Shmosa, Chai Feidah Gittol Basa Rav And that is Mrs. Elisa Grund. And I just would say a few words about her, is that uh, Mrs. Grund... Uh, with somebody who accomplished extraordinary things. There are very few people, I think, that say they accomplished as much in their lives as she did. She has much to go upstairs with. Um, amongst those many accomplishments was the... Sara Schneer is the... There's a... Where she had her original on um, in Krakow, so she arranged for the Neshego to sell to repurchase it, And to uh, turn it, now it's a a restaurant, but it did not get knocked down. It stayed in Jewish hands. There's a big sign in the front that says it was remodeled by them. And uh, it's a tremendous chus. And she also, they had uh, in the the Sarschnir 70th anniversary. uh, They had 15,000 girls in the Continental Airlines arena, and she arranged that. And in terms of Agudah Yisrael, she ran the Aguda with all of its many programs for so many years, too many to enumerate in the, in the beginning of a shir. But suffice to say that I had the of working with her for probably 30 years in arranging the women's uh, aspect of the Agudah convention, and the, uh, she was one of the founding uh, founders of the Yerachikali, very highly successful. Shlaim Yerachikali. So. Um, and those are all the public uh, things, not some of them, but it doesn't go into the many private chassad that I was told that she did, that we don't know about. So, Yehei Zichra Baruch, and uh, she should be a good Tibetan Shemayim for all of us. She loved the Goodest Yisrael with all of her heart, and uh, she should be doubting for all of us to have Hatzloch HaMets Hashem. So, Parashas Baloiska. There's so much to talk about Parashas Baloiska, but I want to do three things. So the first one is to talk about the famous parasha. If you look in Perg Yud Pesach Aleph, that's page four hundred nine, and it says Om Kimis and the nation they were like complaining. It doesn't say what they were complaining. It just says Kimis Einanim, they were like complaining. Ra Hashem, they're complaining in Hashem's ears. Hashem listened. and he got very angry because when they were asking for food and they were asking for water, okay, you're asking things you need, but just to complain. That Hashem got upset. And the fire of Hashem went amongst them. And it consumed in the corner of the Machna. What does that mean? In the corner of the Machna? So he say that's where the Erev Rav, says Rashi, that's where the Erev Rav used to be. Take a look, at, turn the page. That he had it, that the Yitzhak um, Moshe. And Hashem got angry because they uh, he made an H in the corner of the Makh because that's where the Prusim used to be. So what happens? So there's this Aish Hashem, and then vayitzah So the the nation cries out to Mysha and they say, There's this, this fire burning. You gotta do something. But Maisha and Mysha and the H disappears. Now the word batishka H means and the H sunk. It's sunk. Tishka's. Be it, go down, so it sunk So where did it sink? It says Rashi, shaka it sank in its place. by because if it turned to one of the directions, it would have bent over and it would have gone in all directions, and it would have been uh, could have caused great uh, problems. So Hashem said it should go into the ground. So you know, like the Tsfardeya, you know, it, it, it can just you know a wind can come and it can take it away. So Rashi explains, since it went into the ground, because if it would have gone to different places, it might have caused a lot of damage. So he brings a Medrash Pliya in the Sefer Ma'ina Shavua. He brings a Medrash Pliya that says like this. This, this is a very funny. They're complaining, and there's fire. So where's the fire? What's this? What are we talking about? Fire? complaining what's it all got to do with each other says the Medrash like this <speaking in Hebrew> the ash went into the ground but it didn't go out it went into the ground but it didn't go out <speaking in Hebrew> it just didn't go back to its original place Ella <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> so listen to where it went Where did this fire go el <speaking> oil <in Hebrew> it went into the Mishkan. it went into the Mishkan. the <speaking in Hebrew> This fire went and that's what was on the Mizbeach, and that took care of all the carbonus So it's a little bit mavalot It's taking care of all the kerbunnets. Like you take this esh, which was used to punish the Klaal Yisrael, because they complained, and now that becomes the esh for the Mizbeach. So that's the Where And not only that, and the marriage continues that this esh was the same esh that went throughout history. V'shurs halamizberg call you made ad midbar, Avadim base midgesch, by livnum izberg when they went to the mizberg avonam in the base midgesch. V'shuv yordah l'av, eish mi'shamayim. V'shurs so love avah herbana bayis and then it came to the forbidden bayis. So you have the same eish goes in the mishkan and it goes up to the kormen bayis. migdash migdeshany in the second base yard the eish mi'shamayim, the same eish and by Chanukah, right? We're getting we're really going through history. And he says, "How do we understand that the same Eish that went to punish the Jews came and made the difference over here?" So this is the question: What are we talking about? What is this Eish? Which, advice does there's something going on here. We have to understand it. So he brings first to begin to understand. He brings from Zadikul Lublin. It says. What was the Bechet the We said that they were complaining. What were they complaining about? It doesn't tell us. It just says they were complaining. It says, Reb Tzadik, Shemishpat is Shemayim B'mida K'negen Midah. Dor HaMabol The B'tayva V'nimcha B'mayim. The Dor hamabel was, was in Mayim. We know they the Repunished Midah K'negen Midah. That's why it was Mayim. Samal <speaking in the language> HaTayva. It's the example of Tayva and also was hot water because they also they were they were hot when they did it. so the so was water because it was like the taiva, but it was also hot water because that represented the heat of what they did. So he says we have to understand who the misainim were, what, what were they upset about, and what did they really what were they saying? You know, if you know, it's very interesting. So many times somebody comes and tells you, "I'm upset about a." But they're really not upset about A at all. They're upset about B, but they're embarrassed to say it, right? They don't want to say it, so they'll say, they'll say, um, "Why didn't you come to shul today?" So you don't want to say you overslept. You're embarrassed, so you say it a stomachache. It's, it's more acceptable, right? He's going to say that, which is more socially acceptable, rather than saying the truth, because truth is sometimes a little bit, uh, a little bit awkward. So he says like this: "Says ki so he says this is what Repsodic says hashem. hashem was angry why was he so angry that they were complaining so this is fabulous and I'll start with Agdomah it, it says that Daniel was once in front of the king and the king says how are you feeling and he said and I was afraid what was Daniel afraid of because the king asked him how he's feeling he says because he wasn't he wasn't feeling well and when the king asked him, How are you feeling? He, he wasn't just stomped because he wanted to know how he was feeling. He was saying, You don't look good. And you don't look good in front of the king? What a chutzpah. When you're in front of the king, you're supposed to be looking good. Have you ever, anybody here ever go to Buckingham Palace? No. Okay. In Buckingham Palace, they have these guys stand, they have streimlichan. And they have these big things, and they stand, and their job is to stand poker faced. Oh, outside, yeah. The outside, and they stand yeah. like this. Totally, because Amos Am- Right, Amos Because they're showing Amos for the Malchus. But it's inside, you're inside of the king, you're supposed to look like you're in a good mood. If you're in a bad mood, that means you're thinking about your own source, you're not thinking about the king's issues. You're not supposed to be thinking about it. yourself, you're supposed to be thinking about the king. So, listen, the Rebuncham was angry. They should have been happy. And the truth is, they should have been happy. They were getting everything. Can you imagine? Free housing, free food, free protection, right? You have the the, Onan, you have water all you want. And remember, in those days, water wasn't so simple to get. It wasn't like today when you turn it on. I can't tell you this morning, for some reason, the water didn't work. My wife went to wash her hands and uh, wash something, and, and the water was, there was, was like a panic in the house. <laughs> it was, turned out something was turned off. But, but you know, where's the water? You know, but in those days, he so had water, he had food, and they were still complaining. So Hashem was very upset with them. Why not? Why don't you have? They made like, they're, uh, they're upset. So he says, the Ramban says, that there are people, two types of people, there are people who are easygoing, let everything go and their people get very upset about things they get very hot about things so what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was upset with them, is that when it comes to and Sintayra you're hot and you're angry When it comes, I'm sorry, when it comes to Mitzvah yes. you're very cool, that doesn't do anything for you when it comes to Aver, is that you're hot then you get hot it's like the person, he falls asleep in the shir but the ball game you can watch that'll excite because So he's showing Hashem, This excites me, it does excite me. This keeps me up, that doesn't keep me up. So the fact that they were complaining shows that the Torah wasn't what excited them. What they wanted excitement, they wanted the excitement of the belt. They wanted the excitement of the outside world. They wanted all the tithes. And what they were getting, because Baruch Hu, because Baruch got angry at them. So he can't put Eish. He said, you're getting excited about Oilam Hazah, not about my my Torah, not about my Oilam? So I'm going to give you an H to show H. You use the heat and use it for the wrong thing. You got excited about the oilam not about the oilam haba that I'm giving you. As he brings it, says he brings from the, I think Chaykel Salvabis. You can't have love of the world's Taivas and love of Hashem Baruch in one heart. They don't go together. He says when, You can't put fire and water In one in caliph. One so has, Hashem was saying I'm putting a fire there Because I'm showing you are using fire for the wrong thing Because fire has to be used for the right thing Not for the wrong thing And that's why when they complained They were complaining We don't want this lifestyle that Hashem has for us We want the lifestyle that the Mitzrayim had for us That was the gist of the complaint And that's why Hashem used the fire to show them. But where can that fire go? So Rashi tells us important you sight, and the Medrash tells us important you sight. You have to take that fire, that excitement, that his and now turn it to good things. So Akash Baruch Hu took the fire that was used, that he punished them and showed them what fire should be used for, and he took that very fire and he gave it over now to the Mizbeach. So the very fire that burned them in the in the corner became the fire of the mizbeach. That became the fire that they used, and it was so important to them. So He tells a beautiful story with the Chazon Says there was a bacher in Panevish that was joined a, like it sounds like some sort of a Zionist youth group, and he was in yeshiva, but he was he, he like got into the uh, you know in, the, in that time into the you know, excitement of it and he used to go to these meetings at night whatever things that they would happen and they eventually had to leave part of his yeshiva he went to a different yeshiva but he kept up his activities so the Rosh Hashiva uh, was upset that you know he's going and doing these other things he's supposed to be learning and instead he's being involved with other types of activities so the Rosh shiva brought him to the Khazanish to talk to him to explain to him the errors of your way you have to stay in the yeshiva you can't get involved with these other things this is the way it has to be so he comes in Chazayish. Chazayish says, Oh, so tell me what you're learning. So he really didn't know it so well. So Chazayish says, Oh, this is Sugyit, let me tell you a little bit about the Sugyid. And he starts giving an enrapturing, interesting sheer to him, like a mini shear to this baker. And the Bakr gets very excited by he says, You know, this talk is not interesting. And the Bakr asks a question. And the question is a fabulous question. He's a smart guy. So Chazayish says, that's a great question. He says, Why don't you come back to me next week? and we'll talk about it that's really good I'd love to hear it we'll have a discussion about it so the Bachar Taka came back and after a number of weeks with the Chazaynish the Taka went back to the Yeshiva and dropped all the other extracurricular activities that he was involved in. so the Rebbe went, went after the first encounter went to the Khazainish and he says Rebbe I don't understand you didn't say a word about the fact that he's doing things he shouldn't be doing you didn't talk to him at all about that all you did is talk to him in learning and what happened? Said the "This there's fire in all of us we all have a chuka for something we all have a desire for something the question is where is that fire going to go is the fire going to go in the wrong place or is the fire going to go in the right place you can never talk somebody out of the wrong fire unless you place it with another fire so you'll tell everybody for example get off your cell phones get off of your uh, you know, get off of your smartphones, it's uh, destroying everybody, which is 100% correct. It's you're wasting your time, you're getting addicted. All of these things is wonderful. But unless you have a place for them to go with, with their time, which is equally absorbing, you're going to have a problem. If you tell people not to do something, you got to tell them what they can do. Surmi Ra, what's the next two words? Say toif And you can't have Surmi Ra alone without saying say toif Sumeri Rabbi itself doesn't work. If you have an esh, we all have esh. For some, we all have things that we like. If the things we don't have within our Yiddishkeit, the things that we like, we're gonna go somewhere else. So the Chazanich understood this, and he said, "I want to put the fire of Tyra in him, because once he has the fire of Tyra, he'll no longer have the fire of the outside world. It'll no longer, it'll no longer be, it'll no longer be interesting to him because of the fire of Tyra." A person was a person's what's you know, when you have kids, what's the the worst thing in the world that a kid can have? Anything they have, the worst thing in the world it's a five letter word, starts with a B and ends with a D. I'm bored. Right? I'm bored. A child has nothing to do. So that's when they that's when you that's when they get in trouble. That's when they decide if it's a boy to jump off the roof, you know to see what happens. You know <laughs> that's, that's when they're bored. They get into trouble. They do things they shouldn't do. Because there's a fire burning in all of us. It wants to do. We always want to do. But what are we going to do? So the lesson is, that's what it says, But the ash came. And the Medesh is telling is beautiful. The ash went into the ground. And Akash Barakul took that Eish. And he said, you can't just take the Eish and put it in the ground. You can't just take the Eish and stop using it. Because it's going to come right back. You have to do something with the Eish. So he took the ish and he made part of the Mizbeach. He made part of the Mizbeach, the excitement of the Mizbeach that already they were willing to to, to do something else with it. So that's what he has. So he said, <laughs> They were just complaining because they didn't have anything to complain about. So I'm just done. I'm unhappy with everything I got here. I want to do something else. I'm bored. So Hashem says, I'm going to put an esh, the esh Hashem. It's interesting, I just noticed. It says vatibarbam esh Hashem. It doesn't say vatibarbam esh, an esh burned. It says the esh of Hashem burned. There was an esh of Hashem burning in them, and that esh of Hashem is now an esh which is going to replace that esh and is going to become something else. Vatishka esh. And that esh begged to be replaced by a different type of esh. By yik and they call that place tab the place of burning. Kivara bam Eish Hashem, because the Eish Hashem burned, them. it's funny. We and we re-emphasize. We talk again that it was the Eish of Hashem to show that Hashem's Eish, that beautiful, holy Eish, is something that should excite us. It's a very interesting thing. They talk about the rise of Hasidus, and they, when they talk about the rise of Hasidus, one of the, one of the big things they talk about, read histories, the rise of Hasidus, is that because of all of the Tzaras. And all the problems they were having, the Tat was right before that, the 1648, you know, the Kalmanitsky massacres, there were pogroms, people were like depressed. They were, they were just everyone's having a hard time. So Chassidus came and they filled. They got, they brought the Aish back. It's hard to have Aish when you're depressed. It's hard to feel excitement about Yiddishkeit when you're running. So Chassidus brought back that Aish. They brought that back, and that's really that was the purpose of, of the of the Aish. But it's, but the, the sight is that there's going to be Aish. And we have to know where to put that ash. The ash has to go somewhere. It can either go here or it can go there. And and I think one of the hardest things that we have when we do campaigns against Averas and we try and get people we give musur and we talk about it and everyone agrees. No one's gonna argue with you. Everyone will agree. But if you don't give them something else to replace it, you're almost almost loo- it's a losing it's a losing battle. Because if you have an ash of Kedusha, then it'll work. Otherwise, that Eishah is going to go in a different direction. So that's the Asha Hashem It was an from Hakadosh Baruch So we should always try and have the of Hashem. Okay, let's continue. We go on into the pause. Zion. Do you want to make it a little warmer? Maybe maybe make it. Yeah. Okay. My coat is wet. I can't. Oh okay. Okay, let's take a look. So a few Pesukim later. So there, we'll talk. Let's talk about fish. So Chana is a doga. We remember the fish. Pasuk, uh, hey, the Mitzrayim we ate Mitzrayim chinim for free. As a shuim, as a right? The cucumbers of the vesa chatsir, vesa betzol, vesa shuim. Theatta pasik vav nashen yevesha. We're talking about we're dried out. We don't have any feeling. We're just nothing. Ain kyl. We're dried out. We have nothing. Built all the money. nay know all we have is this money. We can't take it anymore. And then the pu tells the monk is right god who they they used to gather it and it tasted like likevash of honey so the, the the monk was a the thing the muk was beautiful he gives a whole description of how they used to bake it and cook it and and it was it tasted good so what were they what was this nanya vaissh ain called they had it's like nothing so he makes a very very good point a beautiful point that he says he says. It's the teva of people to always feel that if they don't have everything, they have nothing. It talks about Haman. Can, almost the same Lush and Haman used as Enka. What did they say, Enka? We have nothing, nothing, right? You never talk to me, you know. You never, like you know, this, you know, it's it's everything is in, in in hyperboles, is in you know absolutes. It says, well, what was Haman? Haman had everything. He, he was a barber for 22 years in the city called Hartzom. And then he went and they made him and he was the prime minister and he had houses. He was a rich man. He was rich. He was all, everything. Everything. Mom, she was the richest guy around. Every bow down to him and says, and what happens when he doesn't get what he wants? So right away, it says, he, it's like I have nothing. All that's not worth anything to me if I don't have Mordechai Baum. So so you look at a person has everything, and he can't forgive one thing. He, he fell into that trap of ankle. Not to compare the two, but the, it is an, it's a, like the ankle syndrome. The syndrome of feeling that if everything is going my way, totally, it's like I don't have anything, that's the Hohmann's syndrome. That's the that's the syndrome over here of the fish the fish eaters, I guess. Is that they had the Zukhanas of Dog those who wanted to, why do they remember all these things? They had so much they had everything. The answer is they fell like hum into the ankle syndrome. Into the the syndrome of having ankle So he says like this, he says a nice story from the safe and the Flows, Asaba Kadisha. The um, it says that Yaakov Svi Meparasov. Once went to uh, his said his name is Rebbe the uh, called Sabe Kadisha, the heilige Gazeda from Radish, Radishitz that he was Mikabel fun of Almir Avayas Hashem Yizbarach. He was complaining, he says I have so little Avayas Hashem. So he said, He says, don't worry about this. People worse than you. Can you imagine? You go to your Rebbe and you say, Oh, I've been I garnished, I have nothing. So the Rabbi says, to say, Oh, don't worry about it. You're really a good guy. You'll be okay. What does the rabbi say? Don't worry about those people less than you. That's what he tells him. See, so he says, and he tells a story like this. He says there was a, uh, tells him a certain book who wrote in a sefer on this city of call he says he was feeling very bad about his learning. He felt I wasn't learning properly. I'm not learning as I'm supposed to learn, as much as I'm supposed to learn. And he was down on himself. I don't know this tesis. I don't know that rashi. I didn't uh, do this Satra, I didn't do this tanakh. You know, uh, and he's going on and on. One day, he meets what he, what he calls over here, a bal tshuva tari. Did I say it right? Tari tree? I'm not sure how to say it. Fresh. fresh bal tshuva. Right. A fresh bal tshuva. And the balshuvi meets him in the street or the bus somewhere, and he says, "I'm so jealous of you." So he says, "How do you know to be jealous of me? You you never met me before. I, I, you don't know how I know how to learn. You don't know how to do. You, you, how can you be jealous?" He says, "Yeah, but I do know that you know how to read Rashi. I can't read Rashi." So he said, "It struck me this this younger man said it struck me in that minute that what am I to complain? Here I'm thinking because I don't know this type, of like." I, everything's no good it's all over finished he says and he's telling me he's jealous of me because he doesn't know he doesn't know Rashi so everybody has their own madrega. everybody has pluses and minuses and really I think what Musr does talk before Hasidus I was talking about Musr what Musr does is helps a person get an honest evaluation have you ever had uh, we're all employees here so we all have supervisors you get an evaluation the supervisor Right, the supervisor says uh, well you did this good and you did that you know, okay little improvement and that's okay and this is that everything and you're sitting there you think boy, everything I was embarrassed to myself that it was perfect and you know, now I'm hearing a different, uh, a different angle but some are good and there's ups and downs nobody's totally good nobody's totally bad but that's the way we think we think in absolutes and that's a big chasar that's a very big chasar because there's a danger on both ends if we think in absolute that we have nothing so we give up We say, what's the use of keeping tournaments? I'm so many of eras, what's the use? Or I can't learn anyway, so what's the use of learning? It's a big mistake. You know, we're coming to the Seema Shas in another year and a half. So I remember, not so far away yet. So I remember there were certain people that said, I'm not doing it this time. Because every year I drop out after Masechda's brachas. So I told the person, I said, Masechda's brachas. Wow, you did Masechda's brachas. So what's wrong with Masechda's brachas once in seven and a half years? That's a tremendous accomplishment. But by him, it's like... If I didn't do the whole thing, I might as well do nothing. Better to, better to you know, like, you know, just twiddle my thumbs. You know. That's not a so we, so we, So we give up if we take the aint approach. On the other hand, if we're too much of a guy, but we think we've got everything, we don't realize the chasrion So we learn learned a tremendous lesson. You know, everything in the Torah is there to teach us something. And the lesson here, I think, is an awesome lesson because we all fall into it. It's the Ein Kohl syndrome, as I would call it. The thought that if everything is exactly going my way, Chav garnish, It's the Hohmann syndrome. Is, if I, everything I can have, I don't have Mordecai bowing, I'm out. That's not the way, it's not a way to live a life. So we learn from Ein Kohl, what they said, how important it is for us not to see that, but to see we have pluses and we have minuses. I'll tell you, Rabbi Sher once said this. Rabbi Sher was talking about the, a good approach to Israel. And he said, it's like a, it's like a traffic light. He said, there are those who think that anything has to do with Israel is a red light. Everything is no good, everything is awesome. Red light. Other people think anything happens, as long as it's got Hebrew writing, anything is good, it's a green light. He says By us, it's a yellow light. Some things are good, some things are not good. Proceed with caution. You have to look into it. And remember, it's a good Muslim life. There are green light people and there are red light people. It's the green light people, everything is fine, everything is good, they never look back, they never see anything of themselves. And the red light people are so depressed, they can't do anything. They're, they're stopped. <laughs> they're like the red light. They're stuck at the red light. You know, They can't get there. And we're yellow light people. we got to go forward and we see something's this way, and something's that way. Everything we have to look at, and we have to see it in its proper way. Okay, let's go to the last, the end of our Parsha. And we have the painful episode of Miriam. And Miriam was talking about with Aaron and they're talking about Misha and we know the, uh, the sad ending that Miriam was punished and the, uh, the Rebunisham comes right away and he said let's do a couple psukim it's a little late so we'll just do two psukim and post page uh, 414 Hashem Ba'amud Hashem comes down Aaron and Miriam He calls Aaron and Miriam they have to go out Listen to my words, and he gives them a whole musashmooz. He speaks in pel-peh. Hashem got angry at them, and he leaves, and Miriam turns into a mitzvah. So punishment, the macho came immediately, and the punishment came immediately. Right away. As soon as Miriam said, bing, Hashem comes down, and right away, Gives her and punishes her. So the shayla is: Is that the derech? of baruch. Don't we say all the time, Hashem is erech paim Hashem waits to give punishment, especially with tzaddikas like Miriam. He had to punish her immediately. He couldn't wait to punish her. Says hachanus p'suach p'sucha. In Pirkei we learned that the the uh, the the chanus, the store is open. Hachan v'irimakif, and the storekeeper gives credit. So we learn that the pesach is that Hashem is the storekeeper and He gives us credit. That even if we did an avera, He waits to punish us. So why did Hashem rush to judgment? Why did Hashem rush to punish Miriam right away? Why was that erchapayim? Especially it's Miriam. Miriam's a tudeikis. Miriam's a, give her a break. Why did He punish her right away? So He says two things that explain that. It says like this. It says that. There was a story, there was a there was a there was a uh, drought. So Rabbi HaGadol went up and he davened that there should be you know in front of the tzibor, that there should be the drought should end, and nothing happened. Drought continued. Rabbi Akiva's Talmud got up and he said, and he said those few words, and all of a sudden it starts raining. So Ribelazar rib, rib, um, he felt rib, um, felt bad. So Basko came from <laughs> Shemayim and the Chachom said, Chachom. The Khachom started to say, aziz, tamid, So the, 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 they were all saying, How is it? Pasal must be what's with Ribal They don't answer him. Oh boy, maybe there's a problem with Ribel we We gotta think about this. What's going on over here? And they started getting a little bit, you know, talking to each other. A Bosco comes out of Shemayin and says, "You should know, not because one is greater than the other; they're equally great, but because one is a marvel midaisiv and one is not. That means because Rabbi Lazer is somebody who's very stands on this, very tough on the way it's supposed to be, and he makes sure it happens. And Rabbi Kiva is more relaxed. That's why Rabbi Kiva was answered. So the shaila is." Why did the Baskol have to come out right now? And the answer is when a Talmud Chochem's Kavit is on the line, you can't wait. You have to right away put his covet back in. Right away you have to say something. So the Baskol couldn't wait. As soon as they started talking negatively about Reb Loz the Baskol had to come and say, he's just as great as Bikiva. There's a different reason why he wasn't answered and he was answered. But when it comes to the covenant of Talmachachim, you don't wait a minute. You have to do things. The bat's going to have to come out right away in order to stand up for the covenant of Rebbe Lazar Agadal. So we learn this Indian that the covenant of Talmachachim is so great and so fundamental to clown Israel that when he does something, right away you got to say something. Right? If you see something, say something. If you see that the Talmachachim is being bluze, you got to stand up and say something. So there's a story, there's a famous story where there was two Levias on the a Medrash, two Levi's in the same day of one was a Tzaddik and one was a Roshan and all of a sudden in the middle came some uh, troops and everybody got all submished and they buried the Tzaddik in the place of the Russia and the Russian place the Tzaddik so one of the Talmud of the Tzaddik was very upset he says the Talmud came along and said you're burying him in the wrong place and they didn't listen to him it's a whole story that the Gemara says So, uh, afterwards, the Talmud was very upset about this. So his rabbi came to him and said, you should know the reason I was buried. I have great covenant Shemayim here. They're taking good care of me. I'm doing fine. Don't worry about me. He says, why did this incident happen? He says, there was once a Talmud Chochem who was embarrassed in front of me, and I didn't say anything about it. Because I didn't stand up for the covenant of That's why I had this huge punishment. Because when Talmud Chachem is embarrassed, you can't stand by, you have to do something. And I didn't say anything, so that was my tremendous punishment. So he says, that's the same thing over here. Miriam was Mevaza Talmud Chachem. It wasn't just a regular person, it was my Rabbeinu. Without our Chachem, without our G'daylim, we have nothing. We have no Masara. We have no leadership. Everything falls apart. So when she said something against Moshe Hashem, I can't wait. I, in other words, you're right. Normally I would have waited to punish her. If it was in a private affair, I would have punished her. But she's saying against my Rabbeinu, and it's getting out, and it's against the Kavit. I have to do something right now. I have to stop right here. So we have to understand, we learned from your two lessons. One is how careful we have to be in order to uh, stand up for the Kavit. But we have to do it right away. It's not something that we we can wait. So we ourselves have to worry about... But we also have to, can't, ourselves, but we can't let anybody else. So if somebody says something against Talmud, we have to stop him right away. We have to make a machot. And that's why Miriam was punished right away, because just like that, Tzadik ended up being in the grave of a Russia as a punishment because he didn't say anything, so too we have to be. So just to conclude, I just want to say one thing. I heard a nice shot that we know we, we say every day before our Shema, we say, Lilmot ulalamid. I heard from uh, Eliezer Leaf a nice pshat. Lul malamed. Normally we understand to mean I should teach. I should learn. lomo mot. I should teach others. Said even better pshat. Lul means that when you learn, you have to learn as if you're going to teach it to others. When a person has to teach to other people, he has a much higher level of learning. He has to work a lot harder. I spend more hours in the shir because I got to be sure that I don't make any mistakes. Right? So I have to spend hours preparing it. To hear the shir, Baruch Hashem, I hope you spend hours reviewing it. But, I don't know. But, so every time we learn, we have to do it We have to learn it in a way as if we're going to teach it to others, which brings us much greater clarity. So, mi'at Shem Yishal that not only do you say over the shir, l'lamid to other people, but everything you learn is on that clarity, that level of clarity of l'lamid as well. Thank you for coming this week. I just said